Tanaka. Hey, Nugget. Hey, boys. We're back. We are definitely back. It has we been are back for episode time. number 44 after the lengthiest of hiatuses you could possibly imagine. Yeah, we had to self-quarantine. We, we all, uh, yeah. We the had... true essence of a COVID lockdown. <laughs> yeah. We were all stuck in Melbourne after Gun. <laughs> exactly. We couldn't, couldn't get out of the, the state. Um, and our last recorded show that actually went to air was the 22nd of May. Uh, we did have wow. another episode ready to go, but that didn't quite make it to the public arena for various reasons. But we're here today, some um, four or five months after after our last one. So for all you loyal listeners, thanks for hanging in there because now we're back. We're, we're back, that, especially that one that kept pestering us. Uh, Brett Murphy. Good yeah, Brett Murphy, uh, tonight is dedicated to you. We hope that... Um, the next sort of hour to hour and a half of us talking shit uh, will make your life just that little bit much more exciting. <laughs> we uh, have, have exited winter and we're in the throes of spring. Exactly. <laughs> and the comeback's better than the setback. Watch it. <laughs> oh, I like that. That's a good one. The comeback's better than the setback. I got that from the situation from, jo- uh, from uh, Jersey Shore. Oh, yeah, because he was, wasn't he an alcoholic? Is that right? No, he went yeah. to jail for tax evasion. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, that's... Yeah. Doesn't ring yeah. as cool as an alcoholic. No, being an alcoholic is not cool. He was probably raging so, alcoholic during it. Yeah, yeah, of course he would have been. So. If we just cast our minds back to our last episode, 22nd of May, um, a lot has happened, um, not only in the world, socially, politically, but also sportingly, and that's what we're here to talk about. Um, it almost seems like, you know, four months is, is feels like a year with the amount of stuff that goes on at the moment. Every day changes um, with, you know, our situations, whether it be COVID-related, politically-related, you know, all, all sorts of other things. It's just crazy in that, well, I remember that episode and I was hell-bent. There's going to be no football in three to four weeks' time. They're going to shut it all down. Yeah. I use the words. It only takes one person to get it. It's all over. And yep. Well, look out, semi-finals coming up. and <laughs> Yeah, but you weren't alone there, Nugget, see? Oh, I was also a naysayer. Sir Peter Volandis, I said, mate, Sir Pete doesn't know what he's doing. They're crashing through with the NRL and, and it's going to be a disaster. And have a look at it, right? Like, that comeback has been quite good. The NRL's comeback has been amazing. Yeah, I mean, hats off. I think, you know, usually the NRL falls behind the AFL in just about everything. But it's, it's fair to say that um, the, the COVID situation has probably made, well, I think the way rugby league has dealt with it and, and actually executed it. Um, and, credit, you know, with to, to the AFL's sort of uh, credit, they've probably faced a lot more barriers than what the NRL have with regards to getting started and where they've had to go and uh, interruptions during their, um, their season. Um, but yeah, I think the NRL has had sort of, you know, a lesser of a disruption to their regular programming uh, with regards to getting a quality product back on the field and back on television. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry, no, you, you go ahead, no, mate. You're all right, mate. I was just going to say, it, it, it is rare that, yeah, NRL do something right uh, in that we're always shaking our head going, what are these <laughs> people doing? And yeah. um, I suppose it is harder for the AFL being a national national game so you got coming yeah. over from western australia south australia with different border closures in and out 
Um, Not once, but twice. Mm, and I suppose they've done the best they can in that sense, but it's it, the game that it's produced. I, it's yeah, pretty rubbish to be honest. In that it's the shorter uh, game. It's I mean I know they had to do something because of quick turnaround times, and you know they've pretty much blasted their season out. They had the the what was it the footy fest or whatever it was something like twenty two days a game every single day. Yeah, but that's yeah. happening again now, isn't it? It's like something like 30, 30 straight days, something. You know. into, into the finals, which I think is crazy because... Honestly, like all I'd like to say is like the AFL's totally shut the bed on this one. Mm. Right? Like they honestly, they've just basically destroyed it. Like they it bumbled from one F up to another with regards to getting the season back up and running. And the quality of the football is rubbish. Like, mm. yeah. I, like I couldn't tell you why, but for the first time, I reckon in about 10 years as a sports fan... I look forward to watching an NRL game more than I look forward to watching an AFL game. Like, I don't know whether it's a perception thing, but the NRL were much more decisive and much more confident about getting their game back against all sorts of naysayers, not just us three idiots, but a heap of people. And, and it's paid dividends for them. Like, their game is the same, if not better, because of the refereeing changes they made. Like, that we went, well, I don't know about that. Mm. But, you know, like it's flying, and, and how, how good is that? The the six again rule, and you know, I think they've nailed those. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's totally. Still, still got some felt... bunker issues, but you know, oh, yeah, that's rugby league. <laughs> Just a question on AFL. I mean, they're playing sixteen minute quarters now. Yeah. So I mean, that obviously is going to affect the quality of footy. Yeah. Um, and for teams that don't you know have, have built their roster a certain way the, the shorter game by the best part of what let's say you know five to, to ten minutes per quarter so that's a that's you know tw- 20 to sort of 40 minutes extra game time that you would play normally compared to now um you know if if, if you have a few a few less athletes and you know on, on your um or you know long distance runners or you know however you, you want to coin it it can majorly affect your season and, uh, and, and disrupt it. Um, out of all the codes, out of all the sporting codes globally, which one deserves the asterisk? I mean, I kind of would think that AFL playing a shorter game, it, it's different to any other season. Um, does the winner of the AFL this year get an asterisk put next to him? People are always going to remember 2020 as being the well, COVID 20... year. 2020 but, is a year's got to have an asterisk next to it because it's just got to have an asterisk. But I mean, it, but AFL have fundamentally changed the game. You know, they, they, they've yeah. changed the the length, and and as a result, you have a much poorer a product on field. The score lines are pretty horrible in some of the games. I mean, at the start of the year, you had some massive score lines, and then it's like the goals just dropped off a cliff. Um, yeah, it seems to be. I think in a, I would suggest that probably AFL has the biggest asterisk as you're describing it, Streety. Yeah. Because because you're right in the sense of, you know, in any other year, the structure of the game was for a, a hard-running athlete that could basically go, go, go. But fatigue obviously isn't setting in because of the shorter quarters and, and therefore teams aren't finding the freedom to score goals. But also I think what's happened is from a big, like a big hit perspective, a lot of the clubs and their football departments have been shaved right down, not just to kind of fit into the bubble but also to fit under uh like the operating costs operating costs and 
And I feel like that's taking its toll on the skill level of these players, right? Like, honestly, yeah. there's been some, some kicking and some catching that just hasn't really been up to scratch. So I feel like they're, you know, whether it be a repetition training type thing, I'm not saying they're training any less, but they could be. I mean, with turnaround times like they are and trying to put 30 games into 30 days, um, I don't know the boys are practicing too much because hard, hardly any of them can kick straight. So. Yeah. And, you know, the flip side of the coin, and I'd say this about the NBA as well, you know, playing in a bubble situation that I probably think that, you know, like I really like what the NBA have done and, and you know, with, with what they've had to work with. Uh, they've put a pretty good product on the floor. Uh, the basketball, for the most part, has been really good, especially in the playoffs from what we've seen. Um and, and, you know, it's 2020, like, like you said, is always going to have, you know, that asterisk next to it. But I don't think you could probably asterisk the actual championship because... You really don't think so? That, uh, you, don't well, think, I mean, you don't think the bubble environment down there in Orlando changes things dramatically? I, I think it levels like the it. playing field a bit. I, I think it takes certain variables out which, which, um, which you can find sort of, you know, pr- predictable within, say a seven-game series, and, you know, if we just skip away from AFL for a second, if we just take that the last series that ended yesterday, the Nuggets versus Clippers, seven-gamer. Yeah. Clippers were down 3-1. Normally, I mean, if you're going back to a game seven on the Clippers home court with 20,000 fans, I don't know if the Nuggets win that game because you're going to have the home crowd influencing the referees. You know, players are going to play a bit differently, you know, in front of the crowds. Yeah, and they may yeah. be more likely to try things here and there, but you know, but sort of. You and have... I agree. I agree. That's why I think it deserves an asterisk because because the Nuggets had to travel two minutes from their hotel to get to that game. They didn't have to go, you know, into Denver and oh, sorry, they didn't have to go into LA from Denver. But at the same time, the Clippers didn't have to go and play in Denver for the other games at altitude, altitude. You know, yeah. so like I think it levels it off. I get it, but <clears throat> but I think it's. Because of the total bubble environment, I mean, AFL players, yeah, there's teams that are in a bubble environment. I mean, the NRL players, they're in a bubble, which is the biggest load <laughs> of not in a bubble. I've ever heard in my life, right? I bumped into a few at the shops today. Mate, yeah, exactly. The, 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 the NRL is, is not in a bubble. They, maybe they use that term to make people feel better. But, yeah, exactly. um, you know, the, the, the flip side of the NBA is you've got guys that have been away from their families and, and their sort of normal living conditions for, you know, 75 odd days and... Players haven't seen, or now families are allowed in when the players started. But, you know, so there are some hurdles that, you know, players normally wouldn't sort of, you know, um, have to face. And, and those that are, you know, are more prone to homesickness and missing their families, that, that can affect the psyche and psychology and, you know. Um, Just put it this way, dude. There's no way, if they're not in that bubble, that Phoenix Suns rip off eight straight <laughs> no way. to make, like, to almost make the playoffs, right? That's not... There's no chance with travel that those guys win eight straight yeah. games. That's not. And, that's I, and I also think that Denver don't come back from down three one twice. But yeah, do they right. go to do they go to three one? Yeah, exactly. So do they? Oh, yeah, well, I mean, they probably would have been two off. They played two games in Denver. It's it's just it's hard. But um, yeah. you know, but, like the game's still forty eight minutes, where you know AFL have shaved essentially a quarter. You know, they're playing three quarters of a game. Um, yeah, I think I, th- I think that's changed a lot of teams' gameplay as far as you know. Some people get in and get for the grind and grind it out, and fourth quarter run away with it. Whereas by fourth quarter now, if if they've run away, it's gone. 
it's gone by half time most of the time. So I'll tell you what, but if you talk about grinding it out, those boys in that bubble have been grinding out a couple of lengths, I reckon. <laughs> Except if you were the the Daniel the, House from the Houston Rockets, who uh, he he got booted from the bubble because he invited one of the COVID testers into his room for a. Well, he's done all right, young Daniel. I mean, that's personal good, COVID man. test. Or the young Swan, or the young Swannies bloke, just uh, get him to jump the fence. I bet. It. And there was some eyes watering after that COVID test, I would imagine. So, Nugget, um, we know you're a Giants fan, but you were once a Swans fan. Um, what's the deal with that young kid from the Swans? I mean, he's... Elijah he's, Taylor. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't... How much of a future does he have now in the AFL after two well, well-documented um, bubble breaches and this time a criminal sort of investigation for assault? Yeah, I, I think that's what hurts him is the the criminal charge the the whole scandal with you know his missus jumping the fence and coming into the famous word the bubble um but yeah as soon as it goes the to bubble cr- trouble bubble trouble as soon as it uh, starts to become a criminal case especially in the afl uh because I, I think they those sorts of little things they tend to move on from or sweep under the rug those sorts of things they can't sweep under so, yeah, I mean, the Richmond Tigers being out of Melbourne, sort of, you know, their, their little uh, fiasco in a nightclub a couple of weeks ago was uh, well documented, but... It was documented. It happened no at 3 a.m. near the Crazy Horse and down in Melbourne. You probably never would have heard of it. it would have been, yeah. Uh, yeah. Swept under the rug, yeah. It's probably a weekly occurrence down there. But, but that's the thing. There's no actual criminal charges laid. They quickly move on to something else. So yeah. Who has a fight after leaving Crazy Horse? Isn't everyone just relaxed and happy? They just, oh, they, it was a kebabs, mate. Kebabs. Yeah, uh, yeah. If you push in line for the bloody, for the mixed it, kebabs, it, mate. It's on, mate. It's yeah. on. Well, well, you, I, used all I, the hummus. you took all the hummus. I've got to be honest, I've never That's been a dog uh, less interested in the AFL than what I have been in 2020. It's been pretty difficult to watch. The only thing I've really kept close tab was um, how many consecutive games. The Adelaide Crows had lost, and I was hoping they'd go through the season without a win. Um, uh, they've come good. They've won three in a row. Rat- they've rattled off three in a row, but probably to their detriment, according to one of our friends who's a diehard Adelaide Crows supporter. We reckon it's going to cost them the number one pick in the draft. Mate, well, I hope so. They've lost everything else this year. I hope they lose the number one pick as well. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Couldn't care less. <laughs> yeah. Get stuffed. Ha, ha, ha. So. Well, you know, at the end of the day, the players couldn't give two shits if they're going to get number one pick. They just want to play and win. So they, they, they've got their own jobs to protect. The Adelaide Crows players are so oblivious to how bad they are. They think they're probably just one piece away from winning anyway. So they probably think they don't need the number one pick. Like, we could turn this around. It's just we've had a bad year. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So the grand final is going to be the You'll get better. Yeah, grand, grand final. final. What do you think about that, boys, on a Saturday night? I like yeah. it. I'm worried that they've now switched to a night. Hopefully they don't keep it because it was one of the great, well, traditions that was still there. The old Saturday afternoon grand final. Yeah. I'd say, Nugget, that you were at the last day grand final, though. I was at the last day one, yes, which Mm -hmm. turned into night and day. Well, you wouldn't remember it. but next day. (laughs) I I was there. I remember landing in Melbourne. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Woke up in the the stands of the MCG the next day, tucked under a, a, a seat. Yeah. Yes, lest we forget. But um, <laughs> you would. But the yeah, it was. I I hope they don't keep it at night because especially a game like that, it's free flowing. You know, if they've got a dry track, it's a great game to watch. In saying that, 
the rubbish that's been dished up this year with the shorter quarters and accuracy. Are there going to be shorter quarters in the grand final or the yeah. finals? Yeah, whole thing. All the way through, they're keeping uh, it for whatever reason. No, talking about bloody dew, I, I've, I've never known a Brisbane surface to be really dewy. Well, never have you seen a game of footy. I mean, maybe in the winter, but we're talking October. It's going to be like 25 degrees during yeah, the day. That's and that's, the, I think that's, that's the, the reason playing at night. Hot day. Yeah, exactly. Hot day. Yeah, you're not going to get dew on the grass at night time on a 25-degree day. Once the temp drops. But, yeah, um, I don't know. But it'd, be just, look, it'd, be they, really, they, it'd be really they muggy. Need, they need to do something. But if you ask me, I think that's just another balls up from them that... I, yeah. I get they had to move it away. I think they should have had it in Perth, to be honest, but stadium over there. But switching. What do you think was Western Australia's biggest? Um, I mean, obviously, they're, they're, probably the time difference was the thing that counted against them the most. Do you think that that was it, or just the, the sheer logistics of going across the other side of the country from a five and a half, six hour flight? Uh, um, I, think, I, think the, I think the time difference would have had a huge deal to mm. do with it. But also, I think um, <clears throat> I think the way that Queensland treated the AFL and how easy they made it to get those players up there mm. was basically like that. That was it. Would have the, thank the deal. You. The deal. Well, I wasn't even. I'm sure it wouldn't have been a thank you. I'm sure it would have been part of the deal, right? Basically, what the Queensland government would have said is, if we do this and we give you this passage and this approval, then you give us the grand final. It's as simple as that. Because WA didn't do that right now that's probably because WA didn't get the same offer to do that so mm-hmm. because the deal had already been made with Queensland so so the reality is it, logistically it's just too hard to do time difference teams isolating for 14 days so you know what Queensland just you know we did the deal early here you go you can take it so, yeah, yeah fair enough who's gonna be in the grand final of the AFL and who ultimately is gonna win it the Richmond Tigers will win again yep okay yeah they're coming home with a massive wet sale. They're getting heaps of players back. They'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I think so in that, well, again, they were, I spoke about teams grinding it out. If they tended to get behind, they'd grind out very easily. They've flicked a switch and just gone right from, it, it, it is like a switch as far as half, probably halfway through the second quarter. It's like they just flick a switch and go, right, let's go. And yeah, keep- yeah. I'm looking at the latter, a couple of surprise teams. Uh, St Kilda, probably the only real surprise team. Western Bulldogs were good a couple of years ago, but uh, the Saints, Saints have been marching. They're in seventh. Um, it's one of those years where you know it doesn't really matter if you're you know fifth or eighth or first or fourth. Probably still counts a little bit because you get a second bite of the cherry. But um, I'm probably going to go with the Brisbane Lions at least to be in the grand final. Um, they were talking today about uh, the sta- capacity stadiums sort of allowed to be about half full um, for finals and, and grand finals. Yeah. Um, they said something about, I think, that, um, yeah, the, the, the NRL stadiums or the New South Wales stadiums now can, can capacity of 50% rather than 25. Uh, they still have plans to hold the NRL grand final, the SCG, or is it a Bankwest? Uh, I don't know. I haven't checked that out. I haven't yeah. heard that. It was always planned to be at the SCG. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I. And then heard. I think they, when this COVID stuff happened, they were talking about having the grand final at Bankwest, but maybe they've changed it back. Yeah, personally, I'm I think it'd be better at Bankwest. But are you boys surprised they didn't take one of the Origin games over to Perth? Well, Adelaide got it. Yeah, but that's. I mean, I would have kind of thought maybe again the West Australian government really are playing complete hardball here, mm-hmm. and, and may may have said, well, you have to. Quarantine for 14 days if you want to come play. 
which is crazy. But I mean, it, like that stadium's just going to waste, right? Like it's probably the best stadium in the in the country. Yeah. It's a bloody nice yeah. stadium. That's that's why I thought the AFL was going to go. Yeah, same. But back to the NRL, I think it is SCG, especially now that they've lifted that fifty percent mark up. Mm. Um, that way, they well, you've got to get every dollar, I guess. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Well, that's enough for the AFL. Um, let's talk about the NBA because it's sort <laughs> I think of. You uh, bought, I think you bought the NBA into it already, didn't you? <laughs> well, we did, but we're, just, we're going to elaborate. We're going to, we're going right. to talk, talk, oh, yeah. a little, talk a little bit more. Yeah. A um, couple of well documented flameouts. It was lovely to see the Houston Rockets shit the bed again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, do you think so, they shut? Do you think they shut the bed, or was that, is, is that as good as they were going to be? Probably as good as they were going to be, but they definitely looked like they gave up in that last game. They just were like, "No, oh, fuck this. we let's just go." Mm. You know, it's kind of like playing the nine twenty game on a Monday night, and you're down <laughs> twenty five at half time. You think we can either go or just we'll just walk so we don't get don't pull a hamstring in the second half. Just yeah. let the clock let the clock run. That definitely run. seemed like the attitude of the uh, Rockets, and so much so that their coach bailed on them. Didn't decide, didn't you know, elect to entertain a contract re-signing. But part of yeah, me says so that, that he, he wouldn't have been invited back anyway. But that's an interesting one, right? Like, so talk, let's talk about that for a second as a human being. Like Mike D'Antoni, that he announced that he wasn't coming back as the coach of that team the day after or two days after they got eliminated, right? Uh, I think he kind of said he would be interested in coming back, but the day after he said he's not coming back. Now, so how do you go from zero to 100, right? Like, if you are totally focused on coaching that team and wanting to win, and then two days later you go, I actually, do you know what? I don't really want to coach this team anymore. Like, surely whilst you're coaching that team, you're having a few thoughts about, mate, these guys are a pack of arseholes. Like, I don't want to keep coaching these guys. Like, you must, you must know before that, before that, that well, maybe that, you're not that happy with the job. That last game showed it, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just think that the, 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 you know, uh, to start the season with, I, I think that he didn't want it to have Chris Paul traded, um, but you know he was overruled by his management to, to get Westbrook in that trade. Um, but you know the, the writing was on the wall from day one. You know there was a patch earlier pre-COVID. Shut down where you know they looked. Oh, you know this could work. Um, you know, think things are looking pretty good. Westbrook's putting up good numbers. He's they traded the center away. He's not shooting threes, and you know suddenly we're winning nine of eleven or whatever it was. And you know maybe just maybe, mm. but but then you know um, ultimately in, in in a long season like that, your, your flaws are going to be shown up. Um, you know, pretty pretty quickly. It's pretty easy to get figured out. You know the the quality of the the reads and the defense is a, a, a first class. Yeah, what do you think uh, about the Seventy uh, Sixers boys flaming out? Um, I think the what concerns me the most about that is I just wonder the implications for the Boomers Olympic sort of uh, aspirations. With you know Brett Brown still going to be the coach of the Boomers, but you know does Ben Simmons want to be part of that? Mm. That's that's my biggest thing. Does um, Brett Brown end up somewhere else in the NBA? I don't think he's a head coach. He may join a staff as an assistant and might have to do his time again. But I think um, there was prolonged criticism of the way he did things over a couple of years, and many felt that he probably should have been let go at the end of last season. But 
I guess the way in which they went out with that, you know, four bounces on the side of the rim and it just drops in, it goes the other way. It could very well have been in the finals and it's a totally different story. I've got to say, I do feel a bit sorry for him in the sense of whether he had anything to do with it or not in his different roles with the organisation, the amount of player turnover and churn that they went through. Like they, yeah. like come, I mean, um, Kevin Durant in a podcast recently kind of criticised the 76ers for not basically putting more stable roster around Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. And I must say, I agree with him. I mean, that, like the amount of new personnel that they recruited throughout those years, geez, that'd be hard as a coach to bring that together every year. Yeah. And it's almost like they had uh, the ingredients last year. They just had to do a, a couple of minor tweaks. But, you know, Jimmy Butler saw enough to think, I want to get the fuck out of here. There's a bunch of head coaches here that I can't really, you know, what mm. I want to do, I can't do with these guys. And lo and behold, he, he took the, the contract from the heat. And people thinking, oh, well, that, that's a step backwards. And then fast forward, you know, 12 months later, <laughs> they're in the conference finals one up and they, they look like they, you know, like as, as solid as a team as you can get. They're all mm. playing for each other and, you know, they, they're they going to be a tough out. Yeah. And, and on, oh, moving on to another coaching and another, well, it was, wasn't was really a burnout, but suck shit, they got beat. Uh, with the Clippers, do you reckon Doc sticks around? Oh, that's a tough one, you know. I mean, the Sixers are looking for a coach. Uh, there's some talk of Dan Tunney from the Rockets, but I don't know how his style of coaching and the way he runs an offense can actually sort of complement a, a Sixers team where, you know, your main player is a centre and uh, your, your other main player is, is a non-shooting point forward. Um, mm. You know, if it, I, I think, I'm not sure the Clippers would fire Doc. My inkling would be that maybe the 76ers sort of express some interest and maybe Doc is a better suited coach to that roster um, than any other guy out there. Um, yeah. And, and he I would think, have to step down. I don't, I don't think he'd be fired, but... No, I think Bulmer's a, a more kind of... he Steve Bulmer is, is a more patient owner than yeah. than most in the NBA. And I feel like that they probably they probably want to give the whole team and the structure of it a chance to run it back and see how they go. And yeah. I think they'll... So I think... I don't think you'll see them make too many changes, like maybe, you know, one or two... But they won't be they won't be breaking up that whole thing, and they'll with the money that they've sunk into Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, they'll give it more time to work. So. Yeah, they'd ha- they'd have to. In saying that, he did uh, dismantle Lob City. So yeah, but I, I blame, they ha- I blame yeah. Doc for that. You reckon you blame yeah. Doc for that? Well, yeah. the thing with the Clippers is they when they traded for Paul George, um, they traded away about draft picks up until like 2025 or something crazy. So they're really limited with what they can do there. But they, the kind of went, that, they kind of went all in, right? Like, so they they did go all in, but yeah. they went all in by signing George and Kawhi Leonard to two-year contracts, one of which of those years has just ended up. So they really have one mm. more year left with these guys before they can, you know, not re-sign and maybe hit the open market again in, in this time in a year. Mm. Um I don't know what happened with those guys. I mean, Doc now has lost three series, um, being 3-1 up, um, and they've lost eight straight games to advance to a conference finals. They're the only team ever to never have made a conference finals in 49 years of their existence. I did find it interesting. Um, George came out 
uh, straight after and said, no, no, this wasn't an all-in season for us. Yeah. And that, I'm like, that's horseshit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. They were, <laughs> they were walking around like they were all that at the start and, you know, they sort of, many people felt the same. Um, I was often wondering, you know, how, 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 the, how can the Lakers beat these guys? They've got them covered, you know, in pretty much all facets of the floor except for the, the centre position. Which, you know, they don't have anyone that could really take Anthony Davis, but they could pretty much neutralise all the other Lakers. So who wins it? it. Who, who wins it from here then, boys? Lakers. Lakers. Yeah. What do you think, No? Denver in seven. Denver in seven. I think the Miami Heat are going to win today. I said before they went into the bubble that I thought Miami were the biggest dark horse, yep. and um, I haven't seen anything that would make me believe different. They. Because of the bubble situation, I feel like they are they they they've just come together as a group really well, and and I feel like they've got belief that it's going to roll them through. That's going to be a hell of a series, but that Celtics Heat series. Yeah, I mean well, that probably goes seven games. You'd think. Oh, without um, a doubt. You yeah. know the Miami Heat culture is well well documented as being a very sort of regimented and this is how we do it, but this is how we do it, and it gets results and. You know, it requires buy-in, but their roster is a whole bunch of guys that buy in. And, you know, out of all the teams to watch play, when, when they're on it, they're just a really good team to, to watch. He's a hell of a coach, Eric Spolstra. Isn't he what? And that, that young kid, Tyler Hero, that 19-year-old, oh, yeah. far out he's got. They talk about him having balls as big as uh, watermelons. And some oh, of the yeah. shots he takes and makes. Is he 19? The kid is just phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. Shit. Yeah, he's, he's pretty good. That's crazy, yeah. He, he plays yeah. state league. Let me tell you. <laughs> he'd, uh, he'd be in the coach of the years, state coach of the years yeah. roster, would he? <laughs> so uh, if I remember back to my NBA preseason pick, which feels like it was about two years ago, mm. um, I had the Lakers and Sixers in the finals with the Lakers winning it. But um, what's, been your, get... what's been your favourite moment of the bubble, Streety? Um, favourite moment of the bubble. There's been some really good games, some some high quality basketball. I mean, I I have to say that that block that uh, Bam Adebayo did on Jason Tatum in, in that game the other day to essentially win it, yeah, it was was the one of the top two blocks I've ever seen ever. What's the what's the better block than that? LeBron's one on Iguodala in the finals. He's uh, chase down block, yeah, okay, chase down block. But in terms of a contested, like you're going to get posterized, yeah. That was magic. Like he, yeah. I was like, man, this guy's going to win this in a dunk, and then he just sent him back, and it was like, holy shit! Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if that that was in a you know twenty thousand seat stadium? Just how much, how dead quiet that 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 arena would have been straight yeah. after that. Because that that won the game. Game was yeah. over after that. Yeah, it was crazy. It was pretty nuts that block. I was pretty impressed. What about you, Nuggy? You got a favorite model? Um, favorite moment from the bubble? Not, not really a moment, but it, and it, it was at the start when they started to play the games and they were televised. And because it is that quiet, you hear everything. Mm. So you could almost hear the conversations on the bench. You, you can you could hear who the absolute rat bags are on the team because they're giving it to the others. And yeah. I think it was about it was about five days in or something. And then someone, the sound guy, had obviously. I don't know, they've had, being in America, they probably had complaints or something with the swearing and they've completely switched it off and added crowd noise and, and done something there. But I actually, yeah, I enjoyed that first couple of days where it was just, 
Well, it was a stadium vibe even. You heard the ball bouncing. You, yeah, 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 yeah. That has um, been pretty cool. Andre Iguodala was on a podcast a couple of weeks ago and um, one of the guys who was interviewing was saying, you know, what's the atmosphere like in the bubble? And he said he likened it to the sort of atmosphere of what it was like playing in Turkey um, for the World Championships. Um, just in that sort of, you know, in that um, preliminary round sort of, you know, vibe where you don't have much crowds and I kind of thought, well, you can just pack a stadium out if the US is playing, but maybe just the vibe of being in that sort of um, campus sort of environment, um, you know, with pool games that don't draw bigger crowds. Maybe you sit in the crowd watching games, but mm. I'd, I'd probably think that US would be selling out every game they, they played in a world championship. Yeah, you would have thought so, right? Yeah, but to yeah. them, prob- probably 10,000 in a stadium feels like, yeah, like we, when we go to Broadmeadow with 10 people in the stands. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we have seen one ejection in, in, the, in the bubble from, from the crowd. Uh, uh-huh. Rondo's brother was talking, brother. <laughs> talking a bit of uh, trash talk to Westbrook and he got himself um, kicked out. And what I, what I found funny was um, Rondo's brother is the boss of all the barbers in the bubble. Is it? So, uh, so maybe he gave Westbrook a bad haircut on purpose the day before and was oh, wow. uh, giving him some shit about it. Yeah, right. Did you boys watch um, Matisse Thibel's, like YouTube videos from the bubble? No. Oh, yeah, right. You guys should check that out. He did a whole video video blog of like, did about seven or eight of them, like what life's like in the bubble. He, he did a really good job. Like, yeah, so. okay. He edited them and put them together himself. You should look at them on YouTube. They're really cool. Hopefully, uh, he's one guy that joins the Boomers. It sounds like he uh, wants to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, he does actually. He does sound like at least if they if they picked him, he'd he'd play. So absolutely, yeah, yeah. So we all got the Lakers winning the championship. I'm taking the Miami Heat as well. Um, although, you know, um, I did. Jazzy, settle down, pick a team. <laughs> no, 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 Miami Heat to make it. I've got the Lakers winning it. Um, in our little group chat the other day, I. Rattled off just some uh, crazy pub trivia. I'll just read it out. Um, 2009, the conference finals in the West with the Lakers versus Denver. 2009, Boston lost the conference finals in Orlando. And in 2009, the Lakers won the finals in Orlando. Make that of what you will. History what? repeats, perhaps. What does that mean? Well, it just means it's just a reference to history could do the same thing. What, that because people... we got Lakers and Denver in the conference finals. Oh, my God. In 2009, <laughs> Boston lost the conference finals in Orlando where they're playing. And the Lakers <laughs> won the finals in game five in Orlando. You need to um, work for ESPN where they link the most random shit together in terms of then this is what the future outcome is going to be. <laughs> exactly where it's from. With I, did, I did preface that statement with some useless pub trivia. So. <laughs> There's a picture of LeBron and Kobe standing next to each other. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, so what it is nine? Well, the, the 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 Cavs got knocked out by um, Orlando in six yeah, in that right. series. So that 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 that's was up the, there. That's up there with the blue shirt of Jordan or whatever it was. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, two thousand nine was the Kobe versus LeBron finals. Everyone wanted, but um, the the one man Cavs found a way to fuck that up after winning sixty six games that year. Honestly, spare me the Kobe bullshit. It's just gone into overdrive again since the finals have come on. Oh, that Kobe would have done that. Kobe would have done this. Did you hear, did you hear this Who one? Cares? So yeah. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George had a combined 24 points in, in their yeah. game seven loss to the Nuggets. Uh-huh. I read a comment somewhere saying they're honouring Kobe with their combined 24. <laughs> I did have to have a chuckle of that. 
that's actually um, pretty funny. But. One thing that is a certain out of the bubble is that Paul George definitely should change his nickname. He no longer should be um, calling himself Playoff P. Who is he? He gave himself that name a couple of times. I was going to say, give himself a nickname. I suppose I've given myself White Lightning. That's a pretty good nickname. Oh, man, White Lightning, you're not actually quick, but, you know, Playoff P, it's kind of the same thing, right? Excuse me? Not actually quick. Let's have a race. (laughs) You'd actually probably beat me now. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) A sprint or distance? I don't care. You can name me distance. I'll be you. I'll flog you. I've got 40 (laughs) metres in me, I think. (laughs) Actually, no, that... That's too far. I think 20, 25. Yeah, I could we... probably do the, the length of a half Olympic pool. Yeah, right. <laughs> Before I break down. Well, there's a good segue. The Olympics, boys. 20 years since the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Yep. You could probably almost pinpoint what you're doing this on this day 20 years ago, watching the Olympics. So was this the opening ceremony day? No, okay. it wasn't. I think it was yesterday or the day before. The I think the 15th of September... Yep. I think was the opening ceremony. So it would have been a couple of days in. Probably the swimming. In fact, right now, we would have been watching swimming, swimming finals. So tell me this, boys. Nugget, did you go to many of the Olympics? Uh, no. Right. So you didn't go to any of them? I went to the Paralympics. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. Why? Were we, were we still at school or something? Uh, no, I was working. Oh, okay. Working and then, well, funnily enough, all the management got tickets to the Olympics and all us plebs got tickets to the Paralympics. Ah, nice. Okay. Really just Thanks uh, a lot, showing the corporate hierarchy there, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Streety, you went to a lot of the Olympics. Well, what? I was down there for probably five <clears throat> days. I, it, well, we sort of uh, did the same uni course and at the time they were offering jobs to work in hospitality and I, I got a job with Holiday Inn working at Potts Point, but I... I'd knocked it back because it meant that I couldn't actually go to the Olympics itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I was like, actually lucky enough to jag some tickets off a German exchange student uh, who yeah. purchased them before he came to Australia for his study abroad. Mm. Uh, he went into a ballot and won it. And he had tickets to see a baseball game between USA and Korea. Yeah. And a day at the basketball, uh, which included uh, USA versus Lithuania, you know, oh, pool nice. game. Jeez, you know, of course, the, the full full day of, of viewing before that. Mm. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't include a Boomers game, but I got to see everyone else play yeah, uh, nice. in that game, which is pretty cool. And then I actually sat next to a couple of the women's um, US Dream Team players, Dawn Staley and um, forget the other one, but she, I think she's a head coach somewhere now um, yeah. of a college or WNBA team. Um, that was cool. That was a game where Lithuania had a shot to win or tie the game in the last couple of seconds. Um, they made a comeback from about double figures down in the, in the last quarter. And the USA just hung on to win. Um, but it was kind of cool to see the Dream Team play. And um, after that game, we were walking to the train station and then the, the Dream Team were walking parallel across the other side of the fence and, you know, sort of yelling out some g'days to Kevin Garnett and Tim Hardaway and yeah, no. other guys in the team. And they sort of, you know, thumbs up and a bit of a wave and, yeah. as they would have got everywhere. Um, yeah. And the baseball game we went to was batshit boring for the whole time um, until a uh, walk-off homer on the last pitch where it was nil all and an American bloke hit a home run to win it off the very last pitch of the game. So that kind of made it worth it in the end because you know, the crowd went a bit, bit crazy on that. 
Um, but being in the Olympic Village, uh, not the village, just Olympic Park and soaking up the vibe and walking around, it was just a really, well, it was unforgettable, such a great experience and a very big contrast. The vibe around the whole country was amazing. And and it was easily, it's easily the best sporting spectacle I've ever attended. So I basically for that two week period did anything I possibly could to get a ticket to anything that was going. And so like I jagged, I jagged heaps of tickets. Like I, that I went to the rowing out at Penrith. That was at like eight o'clock in the morning. And then I got drunk there and then I went to a baseball game and I was completely shattered there. And then I went to an Opals game and got removed for sledging <laughs> and, and then, and slept at the Olympic train station, which was pretty cool. But there was, and then I, I went, I got some tickets. I got given tickets to go and watch Kathy Freeman win her gold medal in the 400 meter. Yeah. Wow. So, That's cool. So I was pretty stoked with that. And I got to watch the dream team play. I got, was there when, um, when Vince Carter dunked over Weiss. Oh, you're on that game. Yeah. I was sitting like right, right up in the nosebleeds. So I couldn't really tell who dunked over who, but it looked amazing. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, uh, that, that's the all time poster, that one. Yeah, exactly. So, but there's just the, just the whole spectacle of that event was amazing. And if Australia ever won an Olympic games again, I would say to, you know, like if like having family now, I would say we have to go like, you know, Oh yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It was, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really fortunate and happy that I, I, you know, jagged those, those tickets. And it was four years later with our Adelaide Crow supporting mate. Um, we we're in Greece. Um, so actually in Barcelona when Athens was just concluding and then we hopped on over to Greece and we actually got to go to a bunch of Paralympic events, um, athletics and uh, tennis and swimming. Um, and some of the athletes competing was just quite amazing to see a lot of the disabled athletes, um, you know, doing their what, thing. What's the Paralympics like as an atmosphere? So, Nug, did you enjoy that? Yeah, awesome. Um, the I went to the wheelchair basketball and also... Oh, yeah. Uh, a few hey, when that gets going that's a hell of a game too oh that was awesome yeah. there was, there was yeah. a, a Australian game mm. uh, and also uh, because they'd play basically a men's then a women's or vice oh, yeah. versa so the one I was at it was an Australian women's and then the men got into it and I was just I'd never seen anything like it because we were right down uh, a few rows back and just like geez they hit each other with those the chairs oh yeah it's but yeah, the they skill, don't muck around, mate. It's pretty the, physical. The skill on them as well, like they'll mm. stop on a dime. Yeah, and either that or fast breaks, layups. Holy yeah. geez! Yeah. It, and to be making shots like as basketball as ourselves, well, like some of us, I wasn't, but but as people who've played the game, um, making a shot from a sitting position would be inherently harder to learn and master. Mm. And doing it whilst you're flying down the court, like yeah. Would be, Flying down the court, the, and there's some the bloke. The same height. There's yeah. some bloke twice your size bearing down on you, trying to murder you off that chair. Yeah, mate, I in, um, Which sometimes in, in they Athens, did. <laughs> in Athens, we caught a wheelchair basketball game. It was Greece versus someone in red? I'm, I'm not going to say it was Turkey because that would have been a bit of a crazy atmosphere. But it was quite. It was pro- probably had the best atmosphere of any, aside from the swimming. Swimming was pretty special. Um, but we we got to go basically um, trackside at the athletics. Um, and if, if you saw how, how good Sydney um, did of a job of, you know, creating the Olympic Park complex. Yeah. 
it was a total 180 from what what we saw in Athens. It was just sort of things weren't finished, and there's even you know in the main stadium in Athens there was uh, you know we were sitting right on the on on, on the fence. Uh, it was like these concrete sort of you know uh, pylons with bits of Rio steel sticking out the top and just covered with a bit of thing and temporary fencing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was just, you know, it was a disaster. It was, it was shocking. Yeah. It was just mm. obviously, you know, um, the work and the effort, you know, was rushed and it was, it was, um, and the comp, the Olympic cup park complex at Athens was nothing like what we had at Sydney. Yeah. What's your favorite Australian Olympic moment, boys, mm. gold medal or otherwise? I know what yours is. It's got to be Kathy Freeman. Oh, without a doubt, watching Kathy Freeman live winning her gold medal—that's the absolute loudest I've ever heard, a, like a sporting crowd. Um, there's no doubt, like that was—that's unbelievable. You couldn't like that, like you couldn't hear anything but the noise of the crowd, right, when she won, um, and was probably it's probably the most memorable one that I've ever seen. You know, from an overall perspective, in from the country that I live in. My personal mm. favourite, that's not my personal favourite sporting moment, but, you know, like it, it was, to, to have been lucky enough to be there, I'd be forever grateful to the person who gave me that ticket. So. Yeah. Um, in terms of an Australian gold medal? Bradbury. <laughs> really, though? Like, is that, he just... I, I, I'd like the fact that, I mean, there's knockers and, you know, oh, they got taken, I'm sorry, the idea is to stay on your feet and cross the line first. <laughs> you win congratulations but uh, you've got that mine. uh mine from memory might have been 96 atlanta maybe um mm. kieran perkins last gold medal yeah um watching that from lane eight and even though swimming's not a sport but um <laughs> For, for the viewers out there, or the listeners. You idiot. We are on video. I've just got the look. But, yeah, I mean, he was he scraped into the final and yeah. then to come out and win it was pretty huge. Yeah, that was probably, from a, a gutsy performance perspective, that was probably one of the most inspirational Australian sporting moments, wasn't it? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, I think I felt the greatest sense of relief when Thorpey won in Sydney. Because of the um, pressure, the, like all the expectation that was on him. Absolutely. Expectation and pressure. And, you know, like mm. if, you, if you ask Ian Thorpe, even today, he'd say that the first first thing he felt when he won was sense of relief. Um, yeah. Because that was the gold medal that I think we had to win. Mm. Um, that and Cathy Freeman. Yeah. Um, but Thor- Thorpey was such a red-hot favourite that um, it would have been a bit of a disaster if he lost. Yeah, but I, I do remember as a kid, and we go back to Seoul in 1988. Um, Debbie Flintoff King won the gold medal in the hurdles. She sure did. That's probably the very first memory I have of seeing an Australian, like like yeah. viewing an Australian winning a gold medal. And it just yeah. what it meant for Australia to win a gold medal in a track and field event, something that mm. we'd never really been yeah, a absolutely. a um, you know, a major player on the world stage in. And we you know we aren't to it. Still aren't really, but we've still had some success. But Debbie Flintoff King, to be a relatively unknown athlete on the world scene to come out and win a gold medal in the eighties, you know, like that—that that was. And as, as a kid, I was kind of like, "Holy moly, this um, this is pretty pretty amazing." We won a gold medal, but yeah. And then that was at a time too when Australia really had gone through not a lot of success. 
in, in, the, in the previous few Olympics. Um, if you go back to the sort of Montreal, I think it was, we didn't win a gold and that's how the AOS was f- formed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, that was the whole purpose of it, right, was to basically try and build our medal capacity. Yeah. So. What about you, Maka? What's yours? Uh, well, as I said, I think like the Kathy Freeman one, because, because I was lucky enough to kind of be there, I probably would agree with you. I, I think um, for me growing up like, and watching everything Olympics, like I just watched every Olympic thing going around, like the, I understand that the Bradbury one, the Olympics is probably <clears throat> the Winter Olympics seeing us win a, like a winter gold medal. I look the probably the one that I enjoyed the most was the I think in Sydney at least was the um, men's four by one hundred meter freestyle relay. Yep. So smash uh, guitars. Yeah, the smash guitars one, right? Because mainly because of it was the boys were 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 good, but they were nothing compared to that US team, right? Yeah. Like that US team were red hot favourites. And I feel like that win was based on those four guys getting together and just saying, we're just going to let this rip, right? And if they're going to come with us, they're going to come with us. And and to see, you know, that's always the best sporting kind of moments, I reckon. Not the ones... Yeah. Not the ones that you kind of go, oh, well, that was probably expected or, geez, there's a lot of pressure on that person. Not to say, not to downplay a Thorpey or someone like that, but just the ones where you go, geez, you know what? They they weren't really meant to do that, but they just ripped in and did it. You know, that was pretty cool. So yeah. I was pretty excited about that. So, And being a fan of swimming, one of the greatest sports. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's, that's probably one of the ones that sticks with me, especially from the 2000 Olympics. But there's heaps, right? Like, what about the hockey ruse dominance, you know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah. Like, yeah. And, you know, the, the dominance in field hockey that we've had and the fact that we then get to play the Argentinian women's hockey team lots because that's cool too, right? <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> uh, we all like that. So when yeah. we get to play them. So, yeah, well, the beauty of it is, you know, we may have missed the Olympics this year, but, um, you know, we, we can revel in the glory of Sydney, but, you know, we've got 2021 to look forward to. Is it going to happen, boys? Is it, is, it, is Tokyo going to go ahead? What do you reckon? 100%. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I it'll th- happen, right? No, I think now, so. Now, you know, on, our, on our last show in Maymaker, did you say the Olympics was going ahead or not going ahead? I said that it wasn't going ahead in this year. Though, this year. Yeah. yeah, I said it wasn't. There's no, there's, there's no way they could hold it. But I, but I think what I said was this. I said, I don't think they'll hold it this year. I actually said, I don't think it's possible to reschedule it. Yeah. So I think I was wrong in that, in that particular sense. Obviously. If it was any other country other than Japan, you probably might have been right. But they're the most efficient people on the planet. So if, if the Japanese can't work it out, no one can. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what I probably underestimated was the human race's ability to deal with this to deal with this pandemic, and and get back to our life in some description. Like obviously, life's changed and will be forever. But you know, we've established a new rhythm because that's what we do. We adapt, right? Like you change, you change turmoil, then you adapt. And so, yeah, well, we've seen it done well, and in some areas, mm-hmm. some countries, not so well. It's, it's been, you know, a, a big indictment on, on some nations and you know, local governments' ability to handle this, and, um, you know, and, and a bit of a credit to others. Um, yeah. And, you know, you when really you think about see, it, in, in some way, in some way, the Olympics is probably one of the easier sporting events now to put on. 
because it virtually exists in a bubble. They are in a bubble, yeah. In it, like, anyway. Now, what may happen is they may need to obviously exclude fans from the whole thing. But, you know, once you get all the athletes into the village, they usually never went anywhere anyway. So, yeah. Um, from a security Spend a lot of time in each other's rooms. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. grinding out a few things in the bubble, too. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we'll head on to our, uh, well, I guess we've got one more topic to cover, and that's the, uh, the NRL. Because uh, just, just to give you a bit of a refresher, Maka, um, we spoke last, you know, um, I, I think before we went on air. No, was it, we were on air. The doggies were leading 20-0 on, on mm. the bunnies. And with 20 to go, the doggies are leading the Rabbitohs by four. It's now 20 to 16. Yeah, we're going to lose. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so I had a bit of a listen to our preseason NRL predictions um, to, um, you know, get a bit of a uh, insight as to the season ahead. Um, this was pre-COVID. Um, and I think the week after they sort of suspended... I think we got, we got as far as round two. Oh, no, we hadn't started. They had no crowds for round one and two. And then it was shut down. Yeah. And we had about five or six or six or seven weeks off or maybe longer. And then it restarted um, in this inverted commas bubble environment. Now, before we get started, my two most hated words of 2020 uh, or three, bubble and social and distancing. They are I just <laughs> had enough of those words. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a bit too much, right? So. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we picked top eights and we had a few little takes here and there. Um, I'm and just I'm just going to go, I'm just looking at them now. Oh you're looking Lord. at them now. <laughs> so we'll start with our top eights because, uh, the top eight, even with two rounds to go has been, has been settled. Now, Maka, you actually did the best out of us three picking six, six out of eight. Oh, of course I did. I'm a genius. Now, who, all who of the us... Because I couldn't tell you. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you who, who, who you picked but didn't make it. We all picked the Broncos to have a good uh, season and, yeah. uh, and make the eight. That, that uh, was unanimous. Wow, that's yeah. a kiss of death. <laughs> yeah, one. absolutely. They have had the, probably the worst season in recent memory of any club. <laughs> On field, about, off field. If you're talking about shit in the bed, you've got to have the Broncos in there. Look it up in the dictionary. There'd be a picture of the Broncos. In there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, now, along those lines, all of us had Manly. Now, Manly have had a shocker for, for reasons that are totally different to the Broncos. They've just been horrendously injured. Um, it's almost like everyone of their players have had injuries and that's impacted their season massively. Um, Nugget had Manly as the Premiers this year. Picked oh, them to win the grand that. final. Nugget. Yeah. Hey, you had the Sharks. You had the Sharks in the eight, Maka. Come on. Yeah, Maka picked the Sharks in the eight. And you dropped uh, the Knights out for them. Yeah. Maka had the Knights finishing last. Yeah. Um, I picked yeah. the Sharks to finish ninth. They and my, my summation was easily a top eight team on paper, but we'll have health issues uh, due to uh, issues with resources, keeping players in the field, injuries will play a role. And my key point was Moylan is a waste of money. And I've been proven 100% correct in that, in that belief. He is an absolute waste of money. Can't even get on the field. He's got hamstrings of a cadaver. What about, what about our friend of the show, Chad Townsend? Um, he has not had a great season. Um, 
And I actually think that Chad now is the fourth best um, half in the Shark squad. And I can't see him, barring injury, uh, being in the starting team for the rest of the season. We just want to say a big shout out to Chad for coming along. Obviously, you'll never come back after we... <laughs> no, 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 that's right. But Marquez, he may very well be joining your team, the Bulldogs, next year as there's some interest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Grubby is. Of course Mate he would. shoulder hits, unbelievable. Of course he'd be joining the Bulldogs. Who else have we signed that? Who have we signed that bloke from the North? Okay, so i got to say that the Bulldogs have had their, their front office problems over the years, but signing Blake Green two days after he's done his ACL and is out for 12 months to a one-year contract Mate. is maybe the stupidest rugby league decision I reckon I've ever seen. It's a, it's a one-year recovery from that. And, and they signed him to a one-year contract two days after he's confirmed ACL injury. Like, who, yeah. who, who does that? That's just no. ridiculous. And well, now, and then, and then saying, a couple oh, of days yeah. after that, they were saying they were looking to get him medically retired. It's like, you yeah. fucking idiots. You just, you signed him, you could have just avoided that decision altogether. They were saying that they had already um, assigned him and agreed to sign him. Uh, but, yeah, but they, so they, the contract had already kind of gone through, they just hadn't announced it yet. No, so. that's a good way of making themselves feel better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, other notable omissions from uh, mine and Nuggets top eight, North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, we both had them. Geez, aren't uh, they going well? Yeah. Macca's only omissions were the Broncos and Manly, but he's tipped Canberra, Melbourne, Cronulla, the Roosters, Eels and South to make it. Um, I picked the um, Roosters to miss the eight. That was a bit foolish. Um, the Roosters to miss the eight. I can't believe we even let you get away with that. Well, I named too many teams and I forgot forgot about them because their letters <laughs> are in there towards the end of the alphabetical list. I already had my eight. <laughs> right. So right. that was my um, illiterate um, you know, skills coming through there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I have a Parramatta grand final win. Do you still think that'll come true, Shruti? There's still a chance. Oh. They're still going okay. I mean, they're... If they're at the top four, they're as good a shot as any. But, you know, based on current form, you you have to go with um, the Roosters or Melbourne or, you know, Penrith. Now, I've got to say, none of us picked Penrith to make the eight. No, I wouldn't have thought I would have. And our all our statements <laughs> were, Penrith will not make the eight. We all agreed. And I said they are a club in turmoil. Um, they've had too many off-field issues and they're really going to struggle. They're a young roster who are more likely yeah. to make more mistakes than what they do good. Yeah. Um, definitely wrong on that. <laughs> we have no idea, do we? <laughs> no. It might have just no. been slightly off with a few things there, but, hey, they haven't won anything yet. No, I'm you're s- right. Um, well, but, actually, know, they've, like, they've won a shit ton of games, but other than that, <laughs> won Yeah. Well... Well, they've won a top eight spot. <laughs> yeah. Well, they won the minor premiership. Um, the thing with the Panthers are, you know, like this, the way the game's played now with the quick set restarts and them being so young, athletic, and, you know, obviously um, a bit more sort of, you know, playing with a bit of flair and a bit, you know, um, they're more likely to throw the ball around and, you know, use their athleticism and, and you know, skill across the park to, to put teams away. And they've certainly done that on numerous times this year. Will they beat, um, will they win? I mean, I think given the, the current situation with no crowds or, or low crowds, mm. um, I don't think they will get overawed by the occasion simply because they won't be playing in a stadium with you know, 80,000 people. Um, 
So those, those youngsters are less likely to be sort of, you know, um, less likely to be like a deer in the headlights, so to speak. And, you know, yeah. um, whereas, you know, um, you can never write off Melbourne or the Roosters because they have that big game experience. And, you know, yeah. where, where you might think Penrith might get overawed by the occasion in a big game like that. Yeah. Well, that occasion, that atmosphere is, is going to be lacking. So they can, you know, not have to worry about that and just go about what they've been doing. And I think in large part, that's probably, you know, helped them to be where they are. Mm, interesting. Who do you think is going to win, though? I think similar to the AFL, I think Roosters, as in oh, yeah. just back-to-back. Well, back-to-back-to-back for them. Because just, I don't know, big game players. I mean, Pen- Penrith, well, you can't really fault them in that every time you sort of, like when they came up against um, Parramatta, for example, I thought, nah, Parra will get them here. Yeah. Again, great knowledge by us or myself. Uh, absolutely spank them, and I suppose that's the thing. They're, they're not that flashy per se, but at the same time, it's uh, it was a some I don't know for Fox Show or something. Someone said they're like the old Melbourne as far as they weren't real pretty, but mm. they they grind well. They called it. They grinded out a twenty to thirty point win. Yeah, because yeah. they just yeah. suffocated the the opposition. Yeah, and not, on a I scale think, of um, dodginess, what would you rate the Roosters getting Sonny Bill Williams? Oh, <laughs> you give it eleven out of ten. Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's <laughs> ridiculous. At, at the same time, when he came back, he was pretty rubbish. But at the same, it, it, he only needs to come on for 10, 15 minutes at a time. <clears throat> and, he had a pretty good impact. I mean, he was pretty quiet against the Raiders, but he he upped his minutes, and you know, certainly well, didn't look out of place against the Knights last weekend. And whether or not you can use the nice performance is a good barometer for Sonny Bill may, may not be the case, but um, he certainly had an impact with his offloads and runs off first off the ruck and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially we'll see his first game back against the right. He looked like a, like an excited kid in that. I think it was the first play he ran out of the defensive line and then chase, tried to chase players around. And it was just like, what are you doing? Yeah. But I mean, obviously he'll come into that, but come finals time and that, I don't know. Roosters, uh, they're like, again, sort of the Melbourne of old teams that just, they just flick a switch. I mean, how good are the Morris boys? Like, oh, yeah, they're pretty red hot. People go totally about the peptides, but if there's dudes on peptides and make them play 10 years younger, it's those those pair. They've been amazing. But maybe that's just what the Roosters do. Well, only one of them went to the Sharks, mate. So that's all right. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Was their best player for a year. I suppose Flano would have brought them over from all the boys. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I think Roosters. Um, at the same time, yeah, if Penrith do continue on with this role, which, well, here you go. Here's a uh, left field tip. I reckon they'll shit the bed in the finals. What the Panthers Straight or the sense? Roosters? Pan- Panthers will. Well, I mean, you, you you could be looking at a, a week one matchup of Penrith versus the Roosters. Mm. Uh, um, if Parramatta win the last two games, um, mm. Parramatta have the edge on four and against. Yeah. Um, and they had pretty easy games against the Broncos and Tigers, Parramatta do. Um, Roosters are going to put 80 points on the Sharks this weekend, so they make a, a fair bit of that gap up. Yeah. Um, and the other, other, you know, you might have a Melbourne Para or even a Penrith Para. Um, so a couple of gangbuster games. But I think a team to sort of... The, the dark horse going in, I think, are the Raiders again. Um, you know, they're... Yeah, I really like the Raiders. I think they're yeah. going to do some good things. They're clicking into gear at the right time. 
which is a, a real surprise because you know you would have thought that season was done once Josh, Hod- Josh Hodgson did his ACL, but they've yep. and some of those guys have stepped up and they filled that hooker void really, really well. They're a pretty dangerous side. What about the two teams that you boys support? Pardon me for yawning. What about the seventh and eighth teams, the Knights and the Sharks? Do they deserve to be there and are they going to do anything? Deserve to be there, yes, from a Knights perspective. Uh, To do you anything, no, we're first round fodder. But in saying that, uh, on special tonight was announced the uh, Knights finals t-shirts. Get on them, boys. 35 bucks a pop. Good Lord, you love, a, you love a good bit of merchandise. I love some good merch. I'll buy it oh. for 35, sell it for 40. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, nah, they won't do anything first round yeah. photo. Yeah. Um, I, I'm of the same opinion. I think Cronulla are the best of the worst. Um, you know, that, that's pretty obvious. They haven't beaten a top eight team yet, uh, but they've beaten everyone else below them. Um, so that puts them right in that sort of, you know, eighth uh, position. Um We'll, we'll, we'll most likely be a week one out, um, especially if we're playing the Raiders in Canberra in week one. That's how it's sort of looking at this point. Um, you know, are we a chance of an upset? Oh, no, no, we're not. I, I, we can't tackle a shopping trolley that isn't moving at the moment. So um, that's not going to get us very far down there. Right. So, so the Knights and the Sharks are gone in straight, like in terms of the first week. Yeah. But I'd, I'd say so, but oh, mate, I called them to. I'd be happy to make the finals, and you know, there we go. We're here. Yeah. Be mate, I, what do I know? I'm happy if my team wins more than two games. For God's sake, <laughs> we're so bad. The Bulldogs, it's ridiculous. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, but anything can happen. We saw it in the NBA. The Denver Nuggets, you know, knocked off the the presumptive favourites, and you know, I'm sure there'll be an upset in the AFL finals and, you know, more than likely there's going to be some form of an upset in the, in the NRL because that's just what happens every year. Just, you know, you just don't know who's going to show up on the day. And like I said earlier, if you're playing in a, in a you know, with no definitive home crowd or, or low crowds, um, you can really take that aspect of the game out of a home team. Mm. It's going to be a good final series, boys. I'm looking forward to it. Should be good, you know. Fox Sports pumping in the uh, the fake noise, which is good. Um, you know, their credit to those guys. Their their production of of um, I haven't really watched many Channel Nine games this year because I'm paying for Foxtel. Got to get some value, so I watched their broadcasts and their artificial noise they got in. And the you know when I think they've done a pretty good job of uh, at least sitting at home uh, has been good. Um, and I've been to a couple of games this year and. Um, you know, surprised at sort of, you know, um, the atmosphere at those games. What's the atmosphere like, Streety, at a game? Was it all right? Well, I've been to... So the one game I went to down in Gosford was the Sharks-Warriors. Um, and I was actually... I was astounded at how many Cronulla fans had turned up. So, you know, that kind of made me think the Central Coast Sharks doesn't have a so much of a bad ring to it. Um, mm, without, without a home ground for another few, few more years. I, I could get on board with that. A bit, bit closer to go watch. Uh Gosford's just a good ground to go to, full stop. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the crowds were good. Um, the other game I went to was the Sharks and Knights, which wasn't a very good night. Um, and I did find a large proportion of the Knights fans to be a, a huge pack of sooks. Um, <laughs> I, don't know that's the word, I don't know that that's the word you wanted to use in that sentence. I feel like you toned that down. Uh, well, I did use the word sooks. I may have left a couple of others out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Probably just oh. uh, signalling out just a couple of uh, 
toothless supporters who were sitting behind me within earshot um, who <laughs> had no, no idea about the rules. Or... I think they're NRL supporters, mate. Yeah, they probably came down from somewhere in the upper Hunter Valley and, you know. Yeah. Got some what about the, and... the NBL boys? It's going to start in January now. January? It's yeah. January, yeah. I... When was it supposed to start? Oh, November, I think. November yeah. was meant to be there. It's, it's kept pretty quiet at the same time a lot of stars seem to have left. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, a, a lot of them are coming back now because they're realising that no, none of the other leagues are paying any money either. They're not going to sign. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah. I don't know. It, it. I mean, we're a couple of months away, but it, it just feels flat. It doesn't really. Yeah, it doesn't feel that great, does it? And so. the Kings, I notice, um, they've started to send out their membership stuff. Oh, and yeah. I notice they're they're flagging a as in their. Um, primary product is a three-game membership as yeah, opposed right. to a season pass. So. I think those those second-tier sports in Australia are, you know, are and are going to struggle for the next 12 to 18 months, you know. Like, mm. I think your footy code's going to be fine. I don't know so much about cricket. I think that's sort of... Its, it's popularity's been waning, you know, with the public for a long time. You're still going to have your feature games, but, you know, the uh, NBL, um, the A-League especially, um, you know, yeah. I sort and of the, you know, really... The rugby as well. concerns about rugby, yeah. Mm. Some, about their long-term viability. Um, yeah. It's going to be an interesting year, boys. Well, well, we, um, we've got three more months to go, and then uh, we're into 2021. And what's next? Bloody hell. Oh, Christ. <laughs> well, before we uh, wind up, have you been watching any TV shows? Any TV shows we could, because we often uh, talk about this, any shows you can, uh, you've can you been diving into and you can re- recommend to our listeners? I uh, started Cobra Kai last night <laughs> with um, Daniel Larusso and Daniel Larusso uh, and Johnny. Johnny, uh, yeah. how's it going, mate? Is it, it... It's pretty sad, but at the same, time, it kept me watching. I'm up to about the seventh episode, so yeah, I binged right. a bit last night. Um, and the other ones was The Last Kingdom. Oh yeah, I watched that. That's a good Viking sort of, you know, kill them, yep. root them, yep. get. I've drunk been watching um, a bit of Yellowstone with Kevin Costner. Quite enjoying that uh, that cowboy ranch vibe. It's it's not it's not my usual shtick, but um, bit of breakback for you, mate. <laughs> uh, the other one which I actually found quite interesting, which I'd recommend a lot of people watch, and probably just juxtapose over twenty twenty what what we're living through is SBS's um, version of War of the Worlds. You can watch on SBS on demand. Uh, make sure you watch the version with the English language with the uh, subtitles, not the um, Arabic subtitles, because you won't know what they're on about when they're talking French. Uh, but I found that to be a really good show. Um, Dude, the only thing I'm watching on SBS is the Tour de France or something that starts at 9.30 with S&N in the title. And they don't speak any English in that. Uh, I'm not no interested in no storyline, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no one's tuning into SBS unless it's the tour or the jet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, there's, there's plenty of other good stuff out there. Um, that new social dilemma on Netflix, kind of watch a bit of that. That's uh, probably worth watching. Oh, I, mate, I'll tell you what I watch. The only show I'm going to recommend is episodes of The Block that I've taped. So, so <laughs> that's as good as I get before I fall asleep on the lounge of a night. Well, yeah, man, when we talk about The Block Macker, uh, the whole reason, the main reason for our um, our huge de- delay in, um, in, in our shows has been you decided to renovate uh-huh. your house and... Yeah, you uh, were out of, you were out of your place and had limited to no internet access and couldn't find a spot to do it. Yeah, it's been going great. 
Yeah, but we're back now. So that's why we can come back and bring these guys to episode number 44. That's right. Mm. That's it. Probably a good time to wrap it up, boys. What do you reckon? Yep. Thanks, fellas. Good to talk. It looks like your uh, Bulldogs are going to kick away to a win, 26-16 with five to go. So... um, Good Fingers Lord. crossed the doggies leapfrog the Broncos and into 15th and the, and the Broncos can win the wooden spoon because, boy, they deserve, do they deserve it. They've never won it in their whole history. It'd be nice to see them get, get it, right? So. Never got the wooden spoon? or oh, Broncos. Yeah, the Broncos have never won the wooden spoon yet. Bulldogs, oh, the whole mate, don't worry, the Bulldogs have won it. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no comment from over here. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Three in a row. So. Well, you know, you, listen, you can, you can uh, have a wooden spoon and win a comp two years later, so it's possible, Nugget. <laughs> yeah. I won't hold my breath, mate. Sharks reference of one thousand three hundred and thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty, pretty small, small amount tonight. Oh yeah. I thought we were going well until we somehow hit the Olympics. Then the Sharks button just blew up. How? <laughs> uh, how? Exactly. I asked myself the same question. How? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't fact check that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Thanks for doing that. Have a good weekend, and I can. We can, we can all promise that uh, our next show will not be another four months away. No. Another week we'll be, or two, we'll, we'll, we'll be back with some more to talk about. No doubt the footy finals would have started. So we'll, we might uh, be able to get, get, we'll get, to get together in my freshly renovated house and watch a footy finals. Oh, That'd okay. be great. Yeah. I, look, I look forward to that. Righto. No worries, see boys. You, thanks for your time, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening, Adios, everyone. Adios, amigos. See ya. Bye-bye. <laughs>